Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them. It's about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. I'm coming down to the last two episodes and I can tell it's time for me to wrap this up because I've had to, in in the process of trying to record this, I have stopped many times. And of course, these parts are going to be edited out, but there have been some long pauses where I would just talk and then stop. And then I'm trying to think of what to say. Like right now, I paused. But I want to focus this episode on building up your defenses. When I encounter someone who's toxic, or if I'm in a toxic situation, the first question I ask myself is, how do I protect myself? How do I keep my feet planted firmly on the ground? It's like when I was a kid and I was taking martial arts and the instructor would come up and down the row and we were in these stances, like a horse stance or whatever stance we were in. And he would take his foot and try to sweep ours. You know, he would, he would hit our inner ankle. And if our feet weren't planted firmly, of course, our foot would slide. I actually have that mental image in my head. If someone is uh, toxic, one of the things they like to do is try to throw you off kilter because Once you lose your grip on reality, which is what happens when you're being gaslit, for example, you're more susceptible to becoming manipulated. It's like, how do you stop that? Okay. How do you stop people from getting to you? Well, can you really 100%? I I say no, because at the end of the day, we're still human. We're not robots, right? But there's some things that you can do to try to minimize that effect on you. The analogy is having your feet planted firmly on the ground. So what are some of those methods? Number one is being aware of your body. How are you responding? Is it's like your hair is standing up on end? There's something about this person that's kind of unsettling you. And it's probably because you're picking up on something, albeit maybe on, on a subconscious level, that this person is saying something, this person is doing something. It's like when I was talking to this person, it took me 10 minutes to really figure out what was going on because quite frankly, I mean, this person was really good at what they were doing and I was being gaslit. And the minute I realized that, that conversation was over and I walked away and the person following me said, wait, wait, it's, it's over, Did, are we done? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You have to know when to walk away. But it's only because I started noticing that I was feeling uneasy and I was, I was even starting to get angry. I was like, what, what's going on? This, what is it about this conversation that's bothering me so much? And so you ask yourself those questions. Another thing, and this is something I've talked about at length too, is learning those logical fallacies. I myself don't do it for the purpose of, because I want to argue with someone. I learn them again. So if I encounter them, I know what to look for because a lot of these, a lot of, um, toxicity, it's mainly smoke and mirrors. The classic example is when you have two people in a relationship and one person comes up to you and says, you're cheating on me, which is not true. That person's cheating. What they're doing is projecting. What they're trying to do is they're trying to put you on the defensive. You're so busy trying to defend yourself and say, no, I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating that again, the smoke and mirrors, this person is cheating because you're so busy focused on trying to defend yourself. And there are so many fallacies out there. I don't know them all, but I make it a habit to learn at least one new one a week. And when someone is committing that fallacy, it's like uh, the, when I talk about the doctor who wanted me to take this medication and I didn't want to, and he was threatening to take my license. And again, I've told that story many times throughout this podcast. Basically it came down to this. First of all, I said false dichotomy because you're presenting two options. If a third one doesn't exist, I promise you a third one does. And then it's an ad baculum. 
into a, what we call argumentum ad baculum, and that is the appeal to the stick. You're threatening. I don't have to go down these two paths, and I'm going to talk about that in the next episode, and that is dealing with the no-win scenario. You basically you say, well, it's going to be this way or that way. You say, no, there, there is a third option. So understanding your body, learning those fallacies, and then being confident. Every now and then I'll let my students take an exam and I will allow them to talk to each other during the exam and I'll allow them to use notes. And then they thank me, like, oh, thank you, Dr. Williams. But I'm not, and then I say, look, I'm not really doing you any favors, but I know you're not going to believe me. So I'm going to let you do it and figure it out yourself. These tend to be the worst grades. So the question is, well, if I know that, then why do I let them do that? Because I'm actually trying to prove a point. What ends up happening is that the A and B students tend to go off by themselves. <laughs> they do not want to talk to their classmates and for good reason. But then you have the C, D, and F students who kind of partner up with each other. And it's fascinating to listen to. Usually the C students will arrive at the right answer, but the D and F students are start to converse amongst themselves and they actually talk the C students right out of the right answer. And then once the students turn their test into me, I said, why did you let them talk you out of the right answer? Why didn't you go with the first answer? Now, of course, I already know the answer. It's peer pressure. But I want them to see for themselves. And I said, look, it's a confidence issue. And, and the, the lesson there was, I said, I said, look, you all don't do well, not because you don't know the material. It's because you're not confident to stick with what you do know, if that makes any sense. You had the right answer. Usually the first answer tends to be the right one. I'm not saying all the time. But then you start to doubt yourself. And then you start to rationalize and you talk yourself out of the right answer. So again, when you're dealing with people, going back to that incident when I said that this person was gaslighting me, it required confidence that I knew what I heard was what I heard. Because that's what they try to do. They make you doubt that, wait a minute, did I hear what I just heard? At my previous job, that was an issue. That's, it took me years to figure out what was going on because of that. I wasn't confident enough to say, wait, I'm experiencing this thing. This is not a good thing. I'm picking up on something because I don't feel comfortable. But I bet you if I had the mind then that I do now, I would not have allowed those things to have taken place for as long as they did. Folks, be confident. If you're feeling a certain way, chances are there's a reason why you feel that way. And then learn those fallacies. So you can see past the smoke and mirrors. You can firmly plant your feet on the ground and you're not so susceptible to manipulation. All right. Until next time, I wish you peace in the midst of toxic people. Take care.